Hello again. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. It is Thursday, and I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, guiding everybody in that journey to head back to the window. So, Tim Earl. Hey, Tim, long time no see. Oh, you got to love Tim. Got to love Tim. He was talking about WNBA. You play WNBA, Scott? Uh, It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I might potentially be a part-time co-host for a WNBA gambling podcast. Oh, there you go. So we'll be looking forward to a lot of purloined picks from that show. Fantastic. Just saying. We talked about that. that I I do not follow the WNBA, but I do know that people that do follow it uh, often do quite well. So Truth is, is that I used to follow it more. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had the Seattle Storm to win the title, and I think it was twelve to one, sixteen to one. They didn't lose a playoff game. Nice, and they won the whole thing. And then after that, you had a couple injuries, you had a COVID, which kind of destroyed half the year for one of the seasons. So I've kind of fallen off a little bit, but I'm trying to get back on. Very good. Hey, uh, what's your? Uh, how'd you do yesterday? Doing good. Overall, went pretty well. I ended up winning the play of the day. wasn't easy. I had Harden under nine and a half assists. And he had nine. So that was a bit of a sweat, but he got there. Besides that, I had Ranta, the Carolina goalie, over 27 and a half saves. He had seven saves in the first seven minutes. And then Pasternak punched him in the face, and he got injured and did not return. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, man. Yeah, happens. JC Stone in the house. JBZ is here. What up, boys? Ain't nothing up, man. Ain't nothing but a... Nothing but a G thing. Um, what, what's your play of the day for today? My play of the day is the Brewers, minus one and a half. <laughs> Very nice. You feel pretty so good. So far, about, so good. Feeling so, pretty good about see. that now? Uh, unfortunately, the Reds took green out. So, you know, we're going to have to maybe settle for eight or nine runs, you know? Talked about quite a stat line for, uh, for young Mr. Green today as he uh, had seven strikeouts in the eight outs that he recorded and gave up five home runs. So, so I mentioned this with Bubich yesterday because we were talking about it briefly. Yeah. This has to be Green's last start for the foreseeable future, right? I would think so. Does he have any good starts in there? No. Not at all. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh I think that's I think that's probably a bad sign for him. I, I know that Bubich I think he's made six starts and he's failed to get out of the first and three of them. So. It's a little bit different for Bubich because he at least has a season under his belt, so you have seen some bright spots. Right. Hunter Green's just a prospect who you called up hoping would be good immediately. Yeah. And you're just destroying his confidence with every start he makes. Yep, agreed. Uh, so. Tim Earl breaking the news that Dylan Brooks is suspended for Game 3. I can't believe the NBA rewarded Memphis for Dylan Brooks injuring Gary Payton. <laughs> okay. Takes a second to get that joke, but... I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it, buddy. I think Dylan Brooks is a terrible basketball player. So I think Memphis is better without him. Okay. So am I suddenly going to love Golden State minus six and a half in game three on Saturday? Hell no. I actually like Memphis even more, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Do you like Dylan Brooks or do you think – because I think that he's a terrible fit on that team. Uh, Yeah, I don't think it's quite the impact that everybody is, is ascribing to it. Would you think he would be worth any points? Uh, negative two no but 
it really depends on how you look at it because Brooks is the kind of guy who thinks he's a lot better than he is. So if he gets the ball, he will occasionally do some stupid one-on-one drive because he thinks he's going to make it. But since he's out of the game, most of those shots are probably going to Ja. And all I'm saying is if Brooks did not get thrown out three minutes into game two, Ja's not finishing with 31 shots. No, that's 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 absolutely correct. So. Bryce Moltane checking in says thanks for the great content. Of course, it's what we it's what we do around here, man. We are content driven, and of course, speaking of that, hey, if you guys like what we're doing, don't forget to smash that like button. Let our bosses know that you're digging what we're doing, whether you're listening to it live or whether you're checking it out a little bit later on YouTube. And if you if you if you guys ever get to the the point where you can't download it on YouTube for whatever reason, we're still we, we, we're going to be using a different platform here within the next couple of weeks. I think it's going to solve a lot of our problems. But for now, remember, we're available in podcast form. Now, you don't get to see our beautiful smiling faces, but you do get the content of the show, and you can download that wherever you download your favorite podcast, and it is available almost immediately. I put, up, I put that up as soon as the show is over. So it's generally available by uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time. So don't forget, especially you know, like if you're in your car or something like that, you want to listen to us. You can find us on podcast form as well. Also, if you're also if you're looking for it on YouTube and it disappears, one sort of hack is that you could click on the link that's available from the winners and whiners or stats all posts, and if you click the YouTube link, it should take you right to the video. Oh, there you go, there you go, because that's right. We do we do link the show every day at winnersandwhiners.com and statsalt.com. Big brain thinking. I like it. I like it. And, you know, uh, you guys, uh, it's a big weekend. It's going to be the Kentucky Derby. And, of course, we have the Kentucky Derby Guide available. It is absolutely free. should be released later today or tomorrow at the latest. Plenty of time to get those bets down on the first Saturday in May. And uh, it's a, uh, it's really cool. I've seen it. It's neat. It's uh, chocked full of information that you need on each and every horse. If you want to find those long shots, Want to play those Quinellas, those trifectas, those superfectas, whatever it is, we got you covered there. So make sure you click on the link in the show description. Speaking of links in the show description, Scott, what do we got going with Caesars right now? So we still have the $1,100 risk-free bet. So if you are new to Caesars and you're looking for a pretty solid deal, your first bet up to $1,100 is insured. So if you lose it, you get it back in the form of a free bet if it loses. Okay. Promo code ATS WINS CZR. There you go. And that link is available in the show description. You have to use that promo code in order to qualify. So make sure that you put that in when they ask for the code. It's available only where Caesars mobile app is available. Of course, it's good just on your first bet and your first deposit. So all right, man. Let's find out what happened yesterday, shall we? There was some uh there was some good news and some bad news out there. There weren't a ton of games, but uh, yeah, let's find out who it was out there that uh, took it in the shorts and who took it to the bank, baby. Who was on the right side? Who was on the wrong side? Who had to get out their flip phones and call the cops? All right, let's uh, get it rolling, shall we? We'll take a look. At the, uh, where are we going? We're going to the NBA. Jimmy Butler over 22 and a half points. If you had Jimmy Buckets against the 76ers, it was close. He was close. He had 22. And then he gets fouled. Scott going to the free throw line. He's a pro. He's an NBA player. Good shooter. God damn, just make one of them. How many did he make? Zero. Made none of them. 
made none of them. Holy shit, Batman. Jimmy Jimmy Butler finishes with 22. She had over 22 and a half. Jesus, call the cops. And looking at baseball, if you had the Marlins on the money line, trying to avoid the sweep against the Dimebacks, they led seven to six after eight innings. All you have to do, try to avoid the go-ahead two-run homer with the guy on base. They didn't. Arizona hit the two-run homer, and Miami lost eight to seven. Diamondbacks in fuego, baby. Break yep. up, break up the Diamondbacks. Finally, if you had the Red Sox on the money line against the Angels, same story. Hey, stop me if you heard this before. They had five four after eight. Uh, the Angels tie the game in the top of the ninth. Boston, they just uh, basically prolong the agony as they end up losing in extras. If you had the Red Sox on the money line. So close, yet so far away. Call the cops. Yeah, we've mentioned the surprising teams in the league up to this point in a good way. Uh, the Red Sox suck. I don't believe that surprised us much. I I believe I leaned over. I know you were on the under. Yep. Nobody thought they'd be this bad. No, no. I, I knew bad. I knew they were going to struggle with their pitching. I didn't see they were going to struggle with their hitting. That's that's what's yeah, been surprising. The hitting's been the real surprise. Uh huh. Absolutely. So there was some good news out there. There were the people that are on the right side of the games. They didn't have to sweat. No last-minute shenanigans, no extra innings. Just nice, easy victories. You know who you are. You were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one in baseball, if you had the Cardinals on the money line against the Royals, they lied 5 to nothing after one inning. Boobich. And they won 10 nothing. Boobich. Ah, damn it, Boobich. Mm-hmm. Uh, not good. No, not good, Bob. Not good at all. Hey, if you had the Minnesota Wild on the money line, Bad day for Missouri teams. Well, not all of them, I guess. Okay. Uh, One of the three Missouri teams did well, and that was the Cardinals. But the Blues, not so much. Scott, I thought the Blues might be able to find a little magic again. Uh, They did not. The Wild went up 3-0 after the first period. The Blues mounted uh, no kind of comeback. Uh, They ended up losing 6-2. Again, the Wild there on the money line. Nice, easy win. You were in the rocking chair. And the last one, if you had the Suns team total over 110.5 against Dallas, they scored at least 31 points in three separate quarters. That'll get you home. Finished, yeah, finished with 129 points. Yep. Shot 64.5% from the field. That's pretty They're impressive. Pretty good team. I had the under there, Scott. Pretty good bet. Finger, fingers crossed on my play today from about a week ago. I gave out the Suns minus one and a half games in that series. So, so far, so good. I sure felt a lot better about your Golden State future about 10 days ago. Not uh, truth is, I... Still have the Suns winning the West, so we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. Well, you're, you're, that's my insurance policy. You should be in pretty good shape there, my friend. Should be. All Knock right. On wood. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the talk about what the hell's happened with scoring here in the uh, in the majors, shall we? Uh, the odds makers they haven't quite figured it out yet, and uh, you know what? I hope they never do. But there was a game yesterday where they looked completely wasted. Hey, odds makers, were you drunk? All right, so we've talked about it a little bit. We've talked about some of the possible causes. You know, all the teams are using humidors. Weather's been kind of bad. Whatever. No doubt the ball's traveling less. Scoring is down. And uh, oddsmakers yesterday, they had the Rangers-Phillies game. They made the total of eight. Scott, eight. Now, in a normal game between the Rangers and Phillies without two aces on the mound, eight doesn't seem unreasonable, right? Uh, it should be. How close did they get? Oh, they had no runs through nine innings. Well, that's not good. That's missing that's not it. good at all. That's they not... give extras. Well, yeah. They don't, it, they don't call it undertime. Uh, they don't. They don't call it undertime at all in Major League Baseball because the game landed three. 
Yeah. So, yeah, even with extra innings, they couldn't even approach the eight. Man, oddsmakers, what were you thinking? Are we going to see adjustments? I mean, we're we're starting to see adjustments, Scott, because we've got a game today between Robbie Ray and... Can't think of it. Can't think. I can't think who's pitching. But six and a half with Seattle. What are we doing? Uh, I'm trying to figure out who Seattle's playing today. I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, Seattle's playing against Tampa Bay. McClanahan. Okay. McClanahan. So we've started to see some six and a halves creep in. And these are two guys that have been eh, eh, decent. McClanahan has, uh, has struggled the last couple. Uh, Robbie Ray has been better, but he's still got a 4.15 ERA. McClanahan's got an ERA of three. Six and a half, really? What are we doing? Yeah, it definitely seems like a weird type of total there. It's also kind of unexpected when you have a total of eight in that Phillies game. Of course, Wheeler, who was awful to start the season, looked really good in his last start, so I'm not exactly surprised he pitched well again. Martin Perez? Really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Chris. Okay, was, seven Chris, innings, no runs. All right, shout out to Martin Perez. Chris was talking about that. Um, and uh, Dylan Bundy, we, we learned he still can't pitch in Baltimore. Um, yeah, he cannot. Scott Nowak said he had a, another, a FanDuel boost yesterday, hit uh, Donchicks and Booker over 25. Chris Paul over eight and a half, over eight assists. Nice. I think he had exactly eight, I think. He said, oh, he said eight, eight, plus? eight plus? So it's over seven and a half. Okay. I would read eight. I think he had eight. I would read eight plus is over eight, but okay. I'm assuming he didn't put it up there because he missed it. So congratulations, yeah. Scott. Uh, Stephen, the Godfather, go down checking in. We don't see Stephen a lot, man. He he's always in the comment section with some good stuff. But good to see him here with us. Uh, he thinks the Rangers in regulation are a lock tonight. No more Pittsburgh Penguins. Scott, you on the you on board with Stephen? The lock's a bit of a strong word, but I, that was almost my play today. The Rangers in regulation at around even money. You're looking at the situation involving Pittsburgh's goalies, and you're looking at a spot where. Even though Deming was great in overtime, he was still the third string goalie. And he's going up against the Vezina guy who had 79 saves in game one. So New York should have a goalie advantage. And it's not like the Rangers played badly. It seemed like it was a pretty evenly matched game throughout. Both teams had a bunch of chances throughout the game. I think the Rangers make adjustments. We saw the two home teams that were down one nothing yesterday win their games by multiple goals. It would not surprise me if the Rangers come out in a, I can't say a must-win game, but in an important game at home and kind of just lay it on the third string goal. Yeah, we need to come up with a new segment for you did your best, but your rest of your team sucked. Because if you have 79 saves and don't get the win, uh, that's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal right there. He, didn't, he, he did not get the win, right? He got the loss. Yeah, yeah. He ends up losing in triple OT or whatever. I think we should call the segment "Why Do I Even Bother?" <laughs> I get the I get the Bart Simpson uh, with the uh, least you tried cake. Yeah, throwing it, in throw the, it right in the garbage. In right in the garbage, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly right. What do you like tonight, man? I know it's kind of a short card. Um, don't tell me the Brewers. <laughs> well, I, truth is, I think that game's going to get a bit interesting. So I'm not celebrating the Brewers yet. Uh, but as for the rest of the card. Well, I'll start off with hockey because you have some playoff games to go through, so I'll go through those first. I think Florida bounces back. I'm not exactly sure if I'm automatically on the over because it killed us last time. Right. But the ingredients were there for the over to hit. It just didn't work out. So I do like the over in that game. I think you'll see goals. Colorado on the puck line. 
Colorado minus two and a half, Colorado team total. I mean, I don't, I don't think Nashville has a shot. Yeah, we uh, we talked about that of, laying two and a half. Well, I'm assuming Riddich will never see the ice again, so they're probably going to stick with the youngster who came in in relief, actually performed decently. Yeah, what, by, thirty or thirty-two. That's what I'm saying. But the game was already over at that point, and now he's starting his first career playoff game, and he's still in Colorado against a very, very elite team. I think Colorado puts it on you. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. This is this seems to be the matchup of the mismatch of the playoffs so far, and I just I just don't see a narrative where Nashville rallies the troops together and suddenly becomes and suddenly becomes good. The offense yeah. hasn't been fantastic, and the goaltending is a disaster, as you said. Uh, Scott Noack says alternate points spread to go over five and a half, and the Panthers Capitals uh, has enough juice to bet on. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. David Good, congratulating you on your Brewers pick. Yeah, we talked about it, that. I'm telling you, it it might not win. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, the Brewers might blow this. So well, we 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 talked about that being we talked about that being our uh, our farm play until we realized the start time was not conducive. And of course, I was going to take it, but Good I'm looking at the situation of the Brewers still have Hauser in the game, and he's been awful. Yeah. So they should probably take him out of the game. King me but, says uh, Colorado minus one and a half and the Rangers over as well. You a fan of the over in the Pittsburgh game at five and a half? Five and a half, I think I have to consider it. I think I would prefer the Rangers team total over because I don't know if I really want to go up against the Vezina guy because Tristurgan's been very good. So you so could see I'm a four, you could see a four to one game here, something I could. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I could. I, I think the Rangers potentially could cover the puck line, but for me, I'm personally expecting the Rangers to come out and punch them in the mouth. So Nicholas asking about our derby picks, and we are not going to do a derby show. We're just going to direct everybody to download the winners and winners, winners, uh, winners and winners derby guide. Which, if I didn't mention, I should have. Um, did I mention it? Uh, you did. Okay, I got. I got to admit, dude, doing the two shows back to back, I'm not sure what I what I mentioned on which show. So uh, make sure you check that out. Um, Nicholas says that he likes the ten, the three, the seven, and the eight to box it, and he's talking about the fights as well. He likes. Uh, Doug Rose and uh, Charles to retain and Tony to get the win. Scott, you got any opinions on those? Uh, let me see. Uh, Tony, I don't like. I think Chandler's going to win. I understand the value because you make an argument Chandler should not be that big of a favorite. I think Tony just might be washed at this point. He's damaged goods, and I'm expecting a war. I think the real value in the plus price play is potentially taking Chandler by decision which is around plus 250. I think it's only a three-round fight. I could see that being a bloody mess, but I think both of them should survive the entire fight. I like Thug Rose. I think she's going to dominate. I don't think Spars is very good. And Olivera Gaethje, I think, is a very, very close fight. I think it should be competitive, but my favorite play out of those three is Nama Yunus. I think she's going to kick the crap out of Esparza. All right. I love when I see comments and I don't and I don't see the original. I want to see what he said. Uh, somebody said, <laughs> said Bryce says pound that shit early and often like the old lady. Oh, the Colorado Avalanche. There you go. All right. Very good. Um, JC Stone's out hiking in the desert. It sounds hot. It's got desert it right in the name. Although sounds like exercise. Although if you're going to hike in the desert, I guess April May, good time to do it. I prefer to hike the dessert. Hike the dessert to get the uh, get the dessert uh, uh, buffet instead of like yeah. at the bacchanal or. Uh, uh. By the way, um, 
You like crab legs? You crab legs? You're not a seafood guy, are you? Uh, no. Okay. Right. So you? Mm, yeah, like crab legs. So we're looking for we're looking for a crab leg buffet. Of course, buffets are a thing of the past with COVID. It's one of the weird things that have ended because of COVID. But anyway, so there's a place that Sunday night does all the crab legs you can eat. We haven't been there in a while. I called them up, see if they were still doing it. They are. I said, how much is it? How much you think, Scott? And this is, this is a little... Uh, I have no idea. You're asking the wrong guy. 99 bucks. Okay. 99 bucks a person for all the crab legs you can eat. I'm like... I was going to say, like, I truly had no idea. That's, so you, you were asking the wrong guy. That's more expensive than, like, the seafood buffets or the top-notch buffets in Vegas. I looked them up. I said, well, that, that can't be right. And, yeah, fucking buffets in Vegas, like, 79 to 99 bucks. Outrageous. So... And that concludes our segment of Old Man Yells at Clouds for today. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys like the Marlins today? We like the Marlins today, Scott? Uh, they just got swept by Arizona, so I'm going to pass. Can't score. I've got to... By the way, that's my that's my play of the day. I've got the I've got the nerfy in that game. Okay. I do like the way Lozardo has pitched. Um, I, You know, the offense, as it always does with Miami's, Miami kind of worries me, although that really wasn't the problem against Arizona. They they gave up they gave up 18 runs against Arizona in three games. What the what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I I probably like the Marlins in this game, but it's it's a close one. I think that I think the number is reflected of, by that, but I'm gonna take the uh I'm gonna take the pitching advantage of Lazardo over Martinez in that one. Yeah, I, I roasted the I ended up roasting the Marlins last year for trading away Marte for Lazardo because he was awful mm-hmm. up to that point. Seems like he might have turned a corner. They always, I mean, he was a, a highly touted recruit and he was a high draft pick. They always saw something in Lazardo, but it just never panned out in Oakland and it didn't pan out when they traded him last year. But yeah, you could you could be right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike Moustakis of the Reds looks like he weighs 280. You always knew. Well, he, you always as knew. Big as he weighs, uh, Hauser walked him on four pitches. So apparently the strike zone still wasn't big enough. And Moose is not an easy guy to walk, by the way. He's no Sal Perez, but he makes you work. He makes you work for it if you want to walk him. You got to throw some pretty yeah. shitty pitches. You know, Moose always had that body type that you knew that later in life, uh, the chicken, the, the fried chicken was going to win. Sounds about right. By the way, David says defense fried chicken is delicious. I agree. David said he likes Kentucky fried chicken with my Crestor. Very good. By the way, Scott, you're young. Chris, there's a cholesterol drug. So, uh, I'm just looking up. Uh, yeah, Tim says, I heard seafood. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you come down any, any side of this Miami-San Diego game? Uh, for the side, I'd have to go with San Diego. Okay. Just because they can win and doubt score. Okay. I find it pretty interesting that even though Martinez has not been great this season, Miami's favored despite losing... Uh, what are they lost four games in a row? Yes, sir. To it, it has not been pretty on the road. They're six and five. San Diego six and four at home. I know the Padres blew the game yesterday against the Guardians, but I think you're getting the better team. And if you think it ends up being close, you might have the bullpens battle it out, and that could just be a crapshoot. I'll take the better team with the better offense at around minus one fifteen. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think, think if you're gonna. I think if you're gonna take Miami, take first five. Or something. Okay. Well, you did, you did mention Miami lost four straight, and you know what that means. The last game they won, who started? I'm assuming it was Lazardo. It was. It was absolutely correct. So, um, what else you see on the board here? Uh, Mets at Philly. We we haven't talked. We didn't talk about that much. As uh, Nola goes for Philadelphia against Walker, 
you know, I know the Mets burned me um, yesterday, but Walker yet to give up a, an earned run this year, Scott. Now he's only made two starts, but am I crazy thinking there's some value in the Mets here at plus one forty five? Uh, no, because we don't think Philly's that good. I understand that Nola is viewed as being a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, his ERA is 3.9, which is okay, but he's won three this season. Philly's lost three in a row uh, to the likes of the – they lost two out of three of the Mets as well. Uh, let me see this. They played six times already. The Mets are four and two. So you're going to be getting the Mets, who are the best team in the division. It's not close. They're already four and a half games up against the Phillies, who are, have a losing record, have lost three in a row. And it's not like Nola is the same guy that he was about three years ago. I don't hate it. Yeah, I think I think that's a good. You're getting almost three to two on your money. I'm fine with that. I know there's some questions about how long uh, Walker can go because he, you know, he was coming off a knee surgery and then he came out of his first start after after got two, injured immediately with with a shoulder. Uh, yeah. But he made a start after that and went five innings. Was absolutely outstanding, uh, giving up two hits, two walks, no earned runs. So. I'm expecting a similar script here. They'll probably give Walker five innings, let him loosen the arm up a bit, but they're not going to make him go distance. Mess first five, says Steve in the Godfather. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I think this is a, a game that's probably going to be decided in the first five, so I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, ninth Wonder checking in. Uh, Brewers just got out of a bases loaded inning. There you go, buddy. David Good imploring the Brewers to change pitchers, but... I mean, they, they should. Truth is, I can't believe they let Hauser even pitch the rest of the fifth. First batter at the bases loaded was Stevenson, who was two for two with a home run. And they said, have some fun. He struck him out. I'm like, all right, I, I guess. And then they ended up having Moran, who was up next. And Moran, I think, lifetime is nine for 13 oh, against Hauser. And they just said, yeah, figure it out. And he got out of it. But I have no idea why the hell they let him pitch to either batter. I but, got a feeling, Charlie. I got a feeling I, he's due. It's, I believe Hayward's batting 900 against Rick Paul. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Well, that's, a, that's the one that I was looking at as far as picking up a little. Every time he sneezes, it looks like a party favor. <laughs> Plus money. You know who that is, by the way? You know who plays Clue Hayward? I was told this once. Pitch for the Brewers. I was going to say it was a baseball player. Right? It was. I forgot who it was, though. Pete Vukovic. Okay. Yeah, you told me that once. Yep. There you go. Um, what is Andrew saying? Uh, Bivol wins on the fan scorecard, and Canelo wins on the judge's scorecard, in my prediction. I'm taking Canelo. I mean, he's minus 600, but you can make an argument. He's pound for pound the best. I would not make that argument. He would be in my top four. Truth is, I really just want to see Canelo fight Triple G again, even though Triple G's past his prime at this point, because I still believe Triple G got hosed. In that first fight, I thought he won, and they gave it to Canelo anyway. But I think Canelo's going to win. I think that he's on another level. No offense to Bival. I think Bival's pretty good. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Stevenson fight last week where Valdez lost. He was like 30-0 and entering the fight, so it's not like he was a scrub by any means. Sure, absolutely. But there are levels to it. Yeah. I think Canelo's just better. Okay. Very good. Um, here's a game that we talked about with Chris earlier today, and I'd like to get your opinion on this. St. Louis goes against San Francisco. Uh, Miles Mikolos against Logan Webb. St. Louis, uh, kind of a big favorite for uh, St. Louis as they are catching plus 125. Any value on the cards there, buddy? 
Uh, why not? They won 10 nothing yesterday. I mean, I feel like a lot of baseball, when it comes to trying to find value, might depend on recent form. And the Cardinals are playing well. Well, they lost. They, well, they lost. They lost the day before. Though. They they got slammed the day before by the Royals. No, I'm saying they got slammed the day before, but they've won three of four, and the Giants have lost three in a row. Okay. And you actually look at the margin of some of those losses; it's not good for San Francisco. They got killed yesterday by the Dodgers, but of course, the Dodgers are probably the best team in the league. But they've lost five of six, with four of those five losses coming by at least two runs, and three of those five losses have been by at least six runs, that's not good. No, no, that is, that is not good at all. Um, Logan Webb has decent stats, but if you look at his last outing... A lot of hits. Yeah, went six innings, gave up 11 hits, one walk. Well, that's a that's a whip of two, so that ain't good. You know, he did get a quality start out of it. He gave up just three earned. But that's somebody that's playing with fire when you're putting 12 guys on base in, in six innings. You're asking to get beat, and unfortunately, uh, the Washington Nationals were not able to accommodate that request. I think the St. Louis Cardinals certainly could. Cardinals, they have a problem of uh, not scoring a ton of runs. Now, they did, like you said, they did break through for 10 yesterday, but they've scored one or less in three of their last five. So uh, it's not a team that's going to pummel you offensively, but if you wanted to uh, take a spin with the Cardinals and the under, uh, I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah, I think it would be an under as well. The only concern would be if Webb continues to give up a bunch of hits. But you're also going to be playing, of course, in San Francisco, pitcher-friendly park. It's going to be at night, yep. you know, with the air and everything. I I see a very, very ugly but classic game between the two of them, 3-2. to two. Yep, I agree. Yeah, uh, we, we're, yep, we're on it as well, Bill. Bill. Bill McDonald says under in that game. Yeah, always beware, especially as it gets – uh, later in the year, when you've got the inversion comes in off the off the Pacific, where you got those teams that all play really close to the coast, you've got San Francisco, you've got San Diego, and you've got the, the Dodgers, and uh, not so much with the Angels. For some reason, the Big A it doesn't seem to affect as much there in Orange County, but those three can't pitch. those three teams you really have to look at uh, unders, especially when the uh, keep it, keep an eye on the weather forecast whether the inversion layers come in or not. J.C. Stone says, why do heavy favorites in UFC seem to win less than 50% of the time? They are what, Scott? They are dead to me. Well, he said dead. specifically women's fighters in the UFC. and Oh, I sorry, like so female. That, sorry, I did say that. Sorry. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of that might be selective recall. Because first thing you think of is Nunes losing her last fight. I mean, that's the first thing you're going to think of. But she was also minus 1,000 in like each of her last five fights before that, and she won handily. So I feel like when it comes to heavy favorites in the UFC – most of them tend to win, as favorites do, but let's just say that it, it never shocks me when a huge underdog pulls off an upset in a combat sport because it just takes one punch or one specific type of you know moment in a fight that could change the entire tide. And that seemed to happen in the Nunes fight where she thought she was going to dominate, she won the first round, and Pena came out and wasn't scared of her, and Nunes folded. I mean, that's kind of what happened, and I've seen it happen in some other fights involving women, but for the most part in the UFC, the huge favorites tend to win, as they should, but in a combat sport, you can always expect the unexpected. Oh, very good. Very good, Scott. That was a classic cliche, but I think you'd agree with that. Why did the, sun line, why did the Suns line drop to minus one? The same thing that we've seen the entire playoffs. The team that's down 2 nothing going back home. Mm-hmm is extremely overvalued in a must-win game going back home. 
Now, do I think Dallas is going to win game three? No, because I think the Suns are going to potentially sweep them. I don't think Dallas is any good. And Phoenix is a team that has really gelled in every single area offensively. Have you seen anything that Dallas has done defensively that gives you hope for the rest of the series? No, no. They can't guard anybody. No, absolutely not. Them, I think that's a. I think that was a Phoenix Suns uh, club record for the playoffs yesterday, shooting sixty-four and a half from from the field. Of course, that's not sustainable. But they've scored one hundred and twenty in each of the first they're, two games. They're shooting. They're shooting sixty plus for the playoffs. Yeah. So sixty-four and a half may not be sustainable, but well over fifty is certainly within the realm of possibility because if that's Dallas what is going to win a game. They're going to shoot the lights out from three. Yep. Because that's the majority of their shooting. Uh, who, they decide going who's it, in. Who's, who has to step up? Because Doncic is obviously doing his job. So what do they need, Scott? Who's who's going to step up? Who's going to be the second guy? You only got to point to Brunson. Because he was originally the second guy, and he's been awful in the entire series. Right. But you can also point to Dimwitty, because he's now the bench guy. And anytime Doncic gets even a breather for two minutes, they get outscored by five points. I mean, it's really a situation where this team has become so stagnant offensively because of Luca's desire to slow the pace down and Luca's desire to really just try to exploit matchups. But compare the looks that Dallas gets in every possession to the looks that Phoenix gets in every possession. It's not even close. No, no. Phoenix is shooting a lot of 10-footers. Yeah, and you can make the argument, well, you know, is it sustainable they're going to shoot 60? And I'm just saying, when you're comparing the quality of looks that Phoenix is getting to Dallas... They should be shooting at least five to ten percent better. Yeah, yeah. There's that's that's just that's just how it is. I don't just I'm just looking to see. They've shot uh, they've shot over fifty in every game in the playoffs. They have not shot under fifty percent. So they are so damn good. Yeah, yeah and they, the, they I are. mean that's why I backed the Suns early. I saw them last year. They picked up McGee, who I really like. By the way, I think McGee's a very good backup center. Even Biombo's been pretty good. But I've been on this team all year long because I watched them last year and I saw what they did this year and just said, this team's sick. And if Chris Paul can stay healthy, fingers crossed, it's the only thing that might kill me is if he gets injured again. This Phoenix team is so damn good at everything. Absolutely. Uh, J.C. Stone, they were kind of roasting the UFC ladies there a little bit. And then J.C. Stone kind of checks in with a reality check and saying that uh, uh, all those ladies – could kick my ass. Mm-hmm. And I think that pretty pretty much covers everybody in the comment section there. I know there's probably some badasses out there that I'm not aware of, and God bless you if you are, but I think the majority of people that are watching, including your two hosts here, I think, uh, how long could you last with, uh, like, Cyborg or uh, Nunez? Oh, boy. So, uh, could, you go, could you go, do you think you could run around for 30 seconds? For 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. I, I See, the thing is, people always think about the punching aspect of it. One takedown and I lose. Yeah. I have no wrestling background. Right. I have no jujitsu background. She gets one type of even some choke or she goes for an arm bar or something. Like, I'm supposed to know what I'm supposed to do when she's grabbing my arm. Yeah, like, you, no, of course. You're going to yeah, snap it in half. Yeah, you know what you do. <laughs> you can tap like the you, fuck out. I'm trying to visualize, like the commentators and random matches like, Oh, he's in North South position. So I was like, no, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've told you this before that, uh, when I was in college, we were doing intramurals, of course, you know, it's a fraternity. So it's a big deal. You gotta have, you gotta have somebody participate. And we had wrestling. We didn't have to participate at the, I think it was whatever class it was. One, it was just below heavyweight. It was one ninety to 200 or whatever. Heavyweight. 
was I, I don't know. Is that what it is? Is that, I don't know what it is in wrestling, dude. I okay, don't know. either way. In boxing, it would be light heavyweight. In okay. wrestling, I don't know. Anyway, so they got me to do it. And the first round, I wrestled against a guy that had also never wrestled. So it was just, you know, fat boy leaning on fat boy, and I was able to get the win. And you were then, the fatter boy. I, and then I wrestled against somebody who had actually wrestled in high school, and it lasted about 10 seconds. It's all technique. It, it is. It's 100% technique and leverage. You have no leverage. idea what you're doing. None. None. Even with, even with punching, I've never been in a fight personally. I never really needed to be in a fight, but I'm assuming my punches, despite the fact I weigh more than Cyborg, are probably not as strong as hers since she's been punching walls and canvases for, not well, you know, like sparring partners and whatever for, right. I don't know, 20 years? Like, there's a lot of muscle memory in there that she has. Could I run around like an idiot? And maybe survive? No, she's faster than you. I promise. She probably is. I'd have to hit her with like a, I don't know, like a Dante Hall juke move or something. I'm just, to get by. I'm just know. hoping the screaming would distract her. If I had to oh. fight, right? That's my only hope. Or I do. I would also try the look over there. Uh, mm -hmm. Fuck, is that Elvis? Or mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Well, I don't think Cyborg would know who that is. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, Tony Stark says, I'm going to powerbomb Cyborg. Cyborg. <laughs> I'd pay money to see that. I absolutely would. Uh, Scott Nowak wants to know, what kind of impact does Embiid uh, bring with torn ligament and orbital fracture enough to drop the spread down to minus one? Well, it's the same thing as the Dallas situation. They're a home team down 2 nothing, and you expect them to be desperate and come back. Now, we do have to talk about this. And of course, the games are not tonight. So we're going to talk about these games tomorrow in general. Right. Are we sure Embiid's going to play? Because he was going through concussion protocol. Right. I have not heard that he cleared it yet. The last I heard was he could. He just started using his phone because the light bothered him so much with the concussion. Yeah. So that That's not was a good sign for a game. No, that wasn't like one of those. Oh, he got his bell rung a little bit, but he'll he'll test out of it in a couple of days. Man, if you can't stand the light on your phone for, fuck, how long has it been? Four days? Uh, yeah, it's since, not uh, four or five days since, ideal. The, since the concussion. That's not good, man. That's I would say at this it's point probably longer. Uh, when was the game against Toronto? Uh, Wasn't that last week? Yeah, that was the last they game. Had a couple days off, and then they had that was the, the that was the last game. game against Toronto, right? That was that was the twenty eighth. So yeah, it'd been a week, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just started looking at his actual phone with light about a day or two ago. Not good, I'm Bob. I'm not sure he's going to play. No, no. I would say I would say he's – and again, I haven't read any news stories today. I did, I did do some work, as you did before the show. But I would – if I had to put him, I'd put him at less than 50-50 to play, just judging on that piece of news. And even if he does, I Scotty Pippen played game seven with a migraine. You didn't notice him because he couldn't do anything. Like, are we sure Embiid's going to do anything? Right. Imagine yeah. walking around with an with a mask on, with like the remnants of a concussion, and you also have a torn ligament yeah, in your torn finger. ligament in your in your shooting thumb. Like, I I don't I don't know how even if he was able to play, he would be able to give you forty minutes and put up twenty five. Well, and I kind of think that was the question Scott was asking: is what kind of impact if does a does a banged up Embiid bring? You know, I mean, he's shown an he's shown an amazing ability to overcome injuries. I'm just not sure that those two aren't enough of a distraction to really inhibit his ability in this one. So yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you. For for me, it seems like a situation where Embiid 
is going to be, I can't say a decoy because Philadelphia desperately needs him. Right. He was already the savior of the team. They're trying to turn him into a messiah. Like if he ends up having a 35 point, 15 rebound game off a concussion with a torn whatever. It's Willis fucking, it would be one of the most impressive performances of all time. That's Willis fucking Reed right there is what that no, is. No, Willis Reed only put up four points in two minutes. Right. Like this would be historic. Yep. Yep. Um, what else you see tonight in the baseball card that you like? Uh, truth is, I took it relatively light on the baseball card because there were a lot of afternoon games. Right. Yeah. Or a couple at least. But. Uh, the one series I'll tell you that's been really annoying to follow from a distance has been the Twins Orioles series because the Twins had the initial surge and you thought, you know, maybe this team was actually really good and now they're struggling to beat Baltimore on a game in game out basis. Yeah. So I don't really know what to make of that. Do you want to lay 150 with Archer? No, no. I mean, you get, you kind of got the same situation you have with Dylan Bundy. Uh, well, at least, and at least Chris Archer was good at one point in his career, but you know, he's had, fuck, we talked about this, what, five bad years, four bad years for sure from the, really busy since he's been, was traded, since he was traded to the Reds, right? Or the Pirates, right? Good. So yeah, uh, and now he's having a great season so far. Do you really trust him? And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that I do. I'm, I'm just not sure. Now, uh, Spencer Watkins been pretty damn good last couple, last couple, three starts. So um no i'll probably look at first five because i don't want anything to do with baltimore's bullpen i know they were good to start but you yeah. know they don't have many great pitchers there however lopez has actually been a really good closer this season so mm-hmm. good for him for yeah. reinventing his role but i think if i was going to play that i would take the orioles first five just because i think they'll keep it close for a bit but when it comes to the actual baseball card itself i like toronto Okay. I mean, Savale's been awful. He's got a 10-plus ERA. Berrios has been pretty good. He had the awful first start. He's been kind of nails ever since. The issue is that Toronto's played a bunch of home games in a row, and now they're traveling to Cleveland, so it's not exactly the greatest traveling spot in the world. But Savale stinks. I got to just blindly like Toronto team total over, right? Yep, yep. And we may uh, we may talk about that game a little more in depth here in a little while, so... Um, I think we're going to talk more about the Philadelphia game. Obviously, tomorrow we'll have more information on Embiid and how, what kind That's of. That's what I'm saying. In, but so. if you wanted to bet it now, it's Miami or pass. Because if Embiid is somehow not able to play, the line's going to close what six? Got to think so. Yeah. So you can beat some value. Archer never lived. Some line movement, Scott Novak says Archer never lived up to his potential. I would say he never lived up to his potential once he was traded from Tampa Bay. I was going to say Tampa. He was okay. He wasn't great. But he was an he was an okay three, you know. Yeah. Then Pittsburgh had him, and they can't develop anybody, so he fell off a cliff. Garrett Cole, that's about it. Was Cole even fully fully developed? Because I thought he peaked at, at Houston he, when he, he immediately got traded. He did, but he was pretty damn good at Pittsburgh. He was good. I know he started the wild card game, got shelled by the Giants. Yep. And the Cubs. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I'd have to double check. But but those are the main two games he had with Pittsburgh, and then he went to the Astros, and he was a Cy Young candidate. All right, there you go. So. All right, guys, um, just about one thing left to do. Of course, we want to remind you to listen to all the great shows here, all the way from Midday Money with Sean Higgs through Allie Burns and uh, Morning Wood, me and Chris, me and Scott, uh, Sean Miller, our new soccer guy. Make sure you check him out if you're a fan of the beautiful game. And, of course, wrapping it all up with Tim and his brother Nick, along with Detroit Lenny in Game Time Decision at 5 p.m. So, but now it's Thursday. 
and it's time. It's the end of the show. You know what to do. You got to get on those overalls, put on your straw hat, climb aboard your John Deere. Get the keys out with your lucky rabbit's foot. Give that little rabbit's foot a smooch there. There you go. That's that's one for luck. It's time, Scott. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It is time once again to bet the farm. All right, man. We are we are getting like trained professionals here. Afternoon, everybody. Afternoon. So, hey, knock that off. All right. Very good. Scott, I know we had a farm play yesterday. How'd we end up doing? We ended up having the Rockies on the run line at plus money. And the Nationals aren't very good at baseball. They are not. 5-2 win, and you can put it on the board. Cue to banjos. Yeehaw! All right, very good. <clears throat> so, Scott touched on it briefly. We are going to take... The Toronto Blue Jays on the farm play, and it's going to be a first five run line play, minus a half at minus 110. The Guardians, Scott, they are not good against good teams. They are just 1-11 against teams that currently have winning records. Now, you may see that stat a little different because they beat the White Sox. However, White Sox, even though when they played them, they had a 500 record, they do not have a 500 record now, so they have... Picked up a win yesterday. First time they have won a game against a team that currently is over 500. And you uh, talked about the pitching matchup. Barrios struggled in his first start, but he has been very good since then. 2.66 ERA. And most importantly, he gets support of his boys. Uh, the, the Jays are 4-0 in his starts, even uh, when he had a bad start. They still won that one. On the other side of the coin, you've got Aaron Savali, and he has been dreadful. He has uh, given up 17 earned runs in just 14 in the third innings. He don't go long, Scott. He's terrible, and he doesn't last long, kind of like my teenage sex life, as he has never gone longer than four innings. And finally, we just like this matchup uh, between these two teams. I think this is going to be a situation where the bullpens may come into play. Guardians do have a good bullpen. Toronto has struggled at times, so we're just going to take those out of the equation and play the Blue Jays. First five, minus a half, minus 110. Scott, anything the way else? We, Yeah, the way we see it, Toronto, simply put, has the much better starting pitcher and the much better lineup, so they check a lot of boxes. Yep, there you go. So that's going to do it for the farm, and that's going to do it for the show. As always, we thank you guys for uh, stopping by. We appreciate it, as always. Don't forget to smash the like button and the subscribes. You know the drill. Come back and check out Scott and I doing our daily plays. Check out my premium plays in the comment section if you're interested and or in the, uh, in the description of the video. And I think that's it. So you guys have a great day. Thanks for watching. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as Scott and I will do our best to help you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.